what is going on. Happy Friday. Welcome to the show. Pete Callender here. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Welcome, former presidents, to Charlotte. It's got a lot. Um, it's got a lot of traffic, too. Hope, well, the, I heard yesterday the former presidents, we, we got our Brett Jensen down there at the golf course, right? And he's like, uh, former presidents, they don't, get the, uh, they don't get the traffic stopped for them. So it's not, not like a sitting president. Now, if Biden shows up, uh, the traffic will get stopped all around the airport, all the way through town. So um, no offense. I uh, don't want him. Yeah, I don't want him showing up. So in that regard, I am very much on the same page with, uh, well, most Democrats running for office. They don't want Biden here either. OK, so um, speaking of the president, the whole student loan cancellation project that they thought was you know, going to attract all of the the younger voters to the Democrat Party, which, you know, younger voters never vote Democrat. So it was a bold move. Um, Might have backfired just a little bit. Story by Terry Jones over at Issues and Insights. And I got some polling. The the, uh, I&I, it's uh, issuesinsights.com is their website. But Issues and Insights, they partner up with TIPP Polling. TIPP, uh, polling firm, and they put some questions out about the student loan cancellation and some pretty surprising results come back. So here's how it's written up by Terry Jones. No doubt President Joe Biden and his advisors believed that student loan forgiveness would be a big winner in the upcoming midterm elections. If so, it was a political miscalculation with most Americans rejecting the idea as unfair and a political stunt. Most Americans. Under the plan, right, he's he's canceling up to $20,000 in student debt for those who have have, uh, Pell Grants and uh, canceling up to 10 grand in debt for people who uh, take home less than $125,000 per year or $250,000 per year for married couples. Okay, so what are, the, uh, what are the polling numbers? By a margin of 59 to 32%, so almost a 2 to 1 margin, Americans say that the forgiveness plan is, quote, unfair to those whose children are not in college or who have already paid for their kids' education for them to have to pay for other people's education. Yeah, I am one of those people. I paid back my student loans. I'm the moron. Look at me. I'm the idiot. I paid back the debt. Another 8%, by the way, call themselves unsure. I don't know if it's fair or not. So what's the breakdown? Well, obviously, you got a lot more Republicans that find it to be unfair. That's uh, the highest rate, 67%. Independents follow behind them at 56%. What do you think the percentage of Democrats is that believe it to be unfair? Do you think it's more than half? It is. 55% say it's unfair. Among all, and that's just Democrats. Among all respondents, there was only one group, one group below 50%. So in other words, disagreeing that it was unfair. You know who that one group is? Self-identified liberals. 42% of that group said it was unfair. 42. But that's still, 
That's two out of five of self-professed, self-identified liberals in the poll say it's unfair. Among moderates, the level of agreement, 60%. For conservative Democrats, 72%. There is a plus or minus uh, 2.8% margin of error, so it's 3%. Okay, So even if you give all of the 3% away, a majority of Democrats still register as uh, believing it to be unfair. Here's another one that's surprising. In general, the people that are most likely to agree that it's a bad idea, younger people versus older people. Also, there is very little difference between whites, blacks, and Hispanics. Statistically, basically, within the margin of error. 60% of white people say it's not fair. 58% of blacks and Hispanics say it's not fair. So it's basically the same amount. So this is Biden actually is a uniter. I take back everything I said about him. He actually is uniting everybody around opposition to him and his policies. I did not think he could do it. I, I didn't think he'd be able to pull it off, but he actually is uniting us. Also, they asked a question. President Biden's student loan forgiveness is driven by political considerations to appeal to some voters in the upcoming midterm elections. Okay, so is this a political move? And the share that agreed with that question was even bigger than the other question. That is 65% to 27%. So even people who think it's fair recognize that it was a political move. That's what, that's what the difference means, right? That you've got this, you've got this, uh, this cohort of people that are like, yeah, I think it's totally fair that if you paid your own way that you have to pay someone else's way, uh, even though I realize that it was done for political reasons. 55% of Democrats say uh, that it was uh, driven by politics, 55%. So even a majority of Democrats, even within the margin of error, even if you you take out the 3% margin of error, it's still a majority, 52%. 66% of independents say that, 78% of Republicans say that. Everybody agrees. Well, not everybody. Almost everybody agrees. Majorities across all sorts of demographic strata all agree. It was done for political reasons. So rather than being seen as some noble effort to ease the huge debt burdens of some struggling college graduates and current students, Biden's move seems to be widely perceived as a cynical political stunt to win votes in the upcoming midterm elections. Well, that's why it's perceived that way is because it is that, right? People see it as that because it is. And the media's attempt at gaslighting us on this and the administration's attempt at gaslighting us on this isn't working. Now, initial polls seemed to favor the idea, but once you hear the drawbacks, the support declines. There was a, a poll done by Cato Institute and YouGov, and they asked people, hey, do you like this idea? And, uh, you know, just to forgive all the debt uh, or this portion of the debt. And a lot of people are like, yeah, totally fine with it. And then when they start saying, okay, well, what if you knew that it's going to cause A or B or C or D? Do you still support it? And once people hear the things that the cancellation does, the impacts it has, like, for example, lead to higher taxes, 
It'll mostly help higher-income people. It's going to encourage universities to raise tuitions and other fees. Or it encourages more employers to require college degrees. Right? If it has those types of impacts, do you still support it? And all of a sudden people are like, eh, no, actually, no, I don't, I don't like the idea anymore. See, once people know what the policy does, once they get all of the information or more information, they don't support it. So kind of a bit of a backfire. Also, Biden's in a bit of trouble on this. That's why they're kind of trying to clean up his pandemic is over comment, because that was the rationalization for the student loan forgiveness. So it turns out polling shows Biden's collegiate vote buying bailout is perceived to be unfair and political by basically everybody. Everybody. Like all the different demographic cohorts all agree. Uh, majorities in every single racial group, political group, except for the self identified liberals. Everybody else agrees uh, that it was unfair and political because, of course, it was. Here, and in fact, Biden dug this hole a little bit deeper, although he did try to uh, did try to climb out of it a little bit. He and his administration, it did not work uh, because they well. So here is what he said during the 60 Minutes interview uh, on Sunday. Remember this one? Is the pandemic over? The pandemic is over. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. Uh, it's but the pandemic is over. If you notice, no one's wearing masks. Everybody seems to be in pretty good shape. And so I think it's changing. All right. So that got him into a bit of hot water because uh, there are still people that are operating under orders and following advice as if the pandemic is not over. Him saying it's over, uh, it, it, it undermines the case that he made, I think, like the very next day that he needed more money for pandemic response. And so his... Uh, White House press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, she went on to the, uh, you know, the uh, the talk show circuit, uh, clean up on aisle COVID and uh, attempted to say, look, the reason why he said that was because he was just distracted by all of the shiny cars. There were a lot of cars around and he's just walking around and he's oh, hey, oh, uh, look at the car over there. OK, she didn't say it like that, but that's essentially what she said. But here's the problem. Here's the problem. The memo that the administration released in order to justify the cancellation of student debt was based entirely on the premise that we have an ongoing emergency with COVID. That we have a pandemic. Back in August, his lawyers argued that the 2003 HEROES Act, which you'll recall was passed to help borrowers serving in the military in the wake of 9-11. That's what that law was about. It was to help people in the military serving after the September 11th attacks. That was what it was for, the 2003 HEROES Act. But the Biden administration lawyers said, oh, no, no, this would apply to any national emergency, including pandemics like COVID-19. Now, we all knew that was complete and utter horse hockey, but... That was their argument. Now, if the pandemic is over due to, you know, science or viruses behaving like viruses or the distraction of shiny cars, whatever the reason is that the pandemic is over, 
so too is your excuse for canceling all of the student debt, right? Or $10,000 or $20,000, depending on the borrower. The powers to which Biden laid claim can be applied only when there is an active emergency and that the active emergency Biden is citing now has passed. Charles C.W. Cook, writing at National Review, also points out three months before Biden's move on student loans, the CDC concluded that the pandemic was no longer enough of an emergency to justify extraordinary measures at the border. Yeah, that, a quarter of a year later, the same administration asked us to believe that the same pandemic was bad enough to justify giving hundreds of billions of dollars to college students was always utterly preposterous. And now... Biden confirmed as much in public. Okay. On the campaign trail, this was a story from Naomi Lim at the Washington Examiner the other day. The liberal pressure campaign on President Biden to cancel federal student loan debt was immense. His executive action last month underscoring the importance of energizing the disenchanted Democratic activist base before November's midterm elections. That's who the target was. So when people in the poll say, yeah, it was a, uh, it was unfair and it was politically motivated, they all recognize it for what it was, just like we do. But Biden seems to be selective, though, about when he mentions his long-awaited decision as Republicans work to frame the move as an elite debt bailout. J.P. Morgan Chase Institute data indicate Biden's student loan cancellation will benefit wealthy families more than poor ones. Though lower income and minority households are more likely to have the breadth of their debt forgiven. Okay, so it makes sense, right? Poor uh, and low, uh, uh, yeah, lower income and minority households are going to get more of their debt wiped away. A larger chunk of it as a percentage is going to get wiped away. Now, why is that? Well, scholarships. And, right, you're not taking out as much debt, and maybe you're not going to as expensive schools as, you know, Harvard and Yale and that sort of thing. And if you're really rich, you don't qualify for a lot of those grants and uh, and such. And so if you do take out loans, $10,000, what's that like, uh, one class at Harvard or something? The White House did not respond to questions about why Biden fails to mention the student loan cancellation on some of his campaign stops, like in Labor Day, uh, on Labor Day in the battleground state of Pennsylvania and Wisconsin, um, and uh, when he went to Pittsburgh and Milwaukee. Uh, He has burnished his union connections in the past. Biden did refer to it the week before, though, during his first midterm rally in the Democratic stronghold of Maryland. So they're very selective on when they're mentioning it to which audiences. I'm sure it has nothing to do with politics. So on a day when people will not be apologizing to Matt Gates for smearing him, I too am not expecting an apology from media folks who cast so many of us opposed to the uh, student cancellation plan from Joe Biden. I'm not expecting any kind of an apology there. See, um, in today's day and age in our modern politics, right, all it is is about uh, ascribing motive, projecting a motive onto your political opponent, so this way you don't actually have to argue the merits of a particular idea. That's the point. So you frame everything in the worst possible way based on an assumed motive, which of course is evil, right? It's always evil. It's always motivated by evil or money, but 
that's evil too. So it's all under this sort of general category of evil. So I've had a couple of pieces sitting in the prep pile and figured, you know what, let me just go ahead and clear these out. Do them all at once. Charlotte Observer, incoming. Uh, Fact check. Headline. Fact check. Student loan forgiveness won't make inflation even worse, experts say. Student loan forgiveness. Okay, so they they fact check this. This is a piece by Evan Santiago. Since President Biden announced his plan, Republican leaders and skeptics alike have claimed that the cancellation of student debt will only make the economy's already bolstered inflation much worse. And I had to laugh at the use of the term already bolstered. Bolstered is a positive sounding word. It's like reinforced, right? Strengthened. That's what bolstered means. But he uses this term already bolstered inflation. What is what, what is he using to describe inflation? With these words he's using to describe inflation, what is the picture he's painting? That inflation is being strengthened. Well, no, it's not being strengthened. Inflation is kind of a negative term, especially when you have it at the level we're having it. So, no, it's it's just increasing or runaway or on fire. Or there are a whole host of other options he could have chosen, but he said already bolstered. Well, and maybe the editor. Do they even have editors over there anymore? I don't know. Um, he then quotes Rick Scott and chairwoman Ronna McDowell, um, who say that, uh, this is an added burden, the student loans, it's an added, added burden that will only further increase inflation. And then, um, uh, did I say McDowell? McDaniel, Ronna McDaniel. Um, she said, uh, on Twitter that inflation will get even worse. And so that's what they fact check. By the way, I am going to get to Glenn Kessler and his, quote, fact check of uh, Dr. Uh, Governor Stacey Abrams, MD. Yeah, her her fetal heartbeat comment. It was her Todd Aiken moment, but not being treated like that for some reason. I can't figure out why. Anyway, uh, this is the fact check on a claim that the student cancellation is going to make inflation even worse. Right. That's the statement. That's the fact check. OK, so here's the. Uh, Here's the subheadline: Debt forgiveness will have minimal impact on inflation. So it will have an impact on inflation, but it will be minimal. The Republicans you're fact-checking here said it's going to make inflation worse. And you are, you are fact-checking that claim by admitting right out of the gate, I guess, that it will have an impact, although you're trying to minimize it by calling it minimal. According to Duke University professor and economist Connell Fullenkamp, the claims might be more exaggerated than what the economy could actually reflect. A couple of weasel words in there. Quote, my thought is that the inflation effect of the student loan forgiveness won't be very big. Okay, but won't be very big, and it's just a prediction, of course, so this is just speculative at this point, but your speculation is that it will have an impact, and it may be minimal, but it will, be, it will have an impact. And I don't think you mean it's going down, right? It's not going to decrease inflation It's or, or de-bolster it, right? It's not decreasing inflation. It's going to increase inflation, which, let me see here, dun, 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 only further increase inflation. Dun, 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 inflation will get even worse, right? Those are the statements you're fact-checking. Canceling student debt, he says later on, canceling student debt could, another weasel word, give a bump to inflation, but only in a very minor way. So your entire piece here, your fact check, 
Student loan forgiveness won't make inflation even worse, experts say. Your headline says it's not going to make inflation worse, and then the entire article explains how it's going to, yes, increase inflation, but it's going to be small. But that's not worse. Increasing inflation is not making inflation worse. I know we're all about redefining things now. So is this, what would this be, transflation? It's inflation that doesn't identify as inflation, so now it's transflation. Is that the idea here? And then there was this piece by Sarah Pequeno. Stop it with the I paid my student loans argument. And then she gives us a breakdown of the costs of college when, you know, all you olds were, uh, were in college. And so it's totally not the same. And she starts breaking down. This is a very weird thing that she did with the math. It's very weird. So she goes and pulls the tuition expenses from like UNC back in 1972. I wasn't even born. Okay. I don't know why she went back to 72. But she goes back there and she starts pulling these, uh, um, she starts pulling the the data for, or the tuition numbers for UNC. And uh, she says, without taxes, you could pay off a year of education in 291 hours of minimum wage work or around seven weeks of full-time work at minimum wage. That's less than the length of summer break at the university. Okay, so summer break. So you could pay off one year over summer break. That's that. That's the standard she has constructed. The tuition for the last year is now way higher. At UNC, it means that without factoring in taxes, you would need to work 1,200 hours at the state's minimum wage to cover the cost. Although, you know, who, who actually makes minimum wage anymore? Um, she says that's more than 30 weeks of work and more than twice the length of the university's summer break. The thing is, When you look at the date, when you look at the numbers, she's saying, okay, 30 weeks of work, more than twice the length of the summer break. Why are you only working during summer break? I worked throughout the whole school year. Part time. She also has NC State's tuition, says it would take 1,230 hours and almost 31 weeks at a full time job. Again, and then over the, it's twice the length of a summer break. 40 hours. A work week times 50 weeks equals 2,000 hours per year. So 1,000 hours a year at just under $9 an hour actually would pay your bill. Did you know that? So if you're, so if you're only working 20 hours a week and you work a whole year at $9 an hour, you could pay off your, uh, your one year of tuition. A part-time job. So McDonald's is hiring, by the way, at $14 an hour. Did you know that? I just saw an ad for McDonald's in Belmont. They're at $20 an hour. Entry-level jobs, according to the data, start around $11 an hour now. So an entry-level job, part-time, 20 hours a week, would pay off an entire year of college. But that doesn't, I guess, advance this narrative that it's so much worse for me and you had it easier. Also, she never factors in the paying off of the debt after you graduate, (laughs) right? Why not? Why wouldn't you look at that repayment schedule after you graduate? It's just, it was just an odd, an odd way. But I get it. She wrote that piece because she got dragged for the original piece that she wrote, which was titled, I'm the target audience for Biden's student loan relief. It helps me. And that's fair. (laughs) That was the headline. It helps me, and that's fair. She's, so she's making the argument that it's fair. By the way, this is an extremist view. Not my rules, folks. Sorry. 
This is what Joe Biden said. If you don't agree with the majority of the country, then that makes you an extremist. And the majority, as we went over earlier with the polling, shows that most people think it's unfair. So apparently McClatchy has an opinion writer and member of the editorial board who's an extremist. I'm not sure they're aware of that. You're welcome. All right, so uh, Sarah Pequeno is an opinion writer and member of the editorial board for McClatchy, the owner of the Charlotte Observer and the Raleigh News and Observer. And uh, after Joe Biden announced his uh, student loan forgiveness plan, she wrote a piece, as opinion writers tend to do, uh, titled, I'm the target audience for Biden's student loan relief. It helps me, and that's fair. See, now I interpret this after reading uh, her uh, editorial, I interpret this to mean that it's fair because it helps me. That's what makes it fair, right? Anyway, she graduated from UNC Chapel Hill in 2019. She's right out of college. And she says she was well-equipped for the cost of her undergrad uh, degree. Her family had saved the equivalent of about two years of tuition from my birth to the day I graduated high school. I got two four-year scholarships that were small but helpful. Even with these advantages, I had to take out student loans. I owe more than $29,000 to the federal government. Thanks, Obamacare. That's considerably less than the average student loan debt in North Carolina, which is around $38,000. She said her dad is helping her, but the sheer amount... Wait, you're two years out of college and on the editorial board at McClatchy. And you're not making enough to pay back your student loans? That's McClatchy. What do you do? Are you paying a living wage to your people? She says, uh, the sheer amount is a lot to wrap my head around. It's a lot of money, which I don't. I did not consider at age 18. It's a lot of money for a career that doesn't make much, for a piece of paper and an education that felt required of me. Yeah, do you feel like maybe, I don't know, some people lied about what you needed in order to get ahead. And by the way, McClatchy, you guys require these degrees, right, for people to even go work for you. So who's really the bad guy here? Who lied to you? Who forced you to get the college degree to go work in the profession you wanted to work in? And by the way, this is a large problem in uh, just the journalism field because you have so many of these jobs that require these degrees And uh, the salaries that you earn don't let you pay off your loans. It's not like being a lawyer or a doctor where you could actually pay those loans off and then make a lot of money. That's not the case for journalists. So um, maybe you guys shouldn't require the degree. Maybe you should pay your journalists more money. Why is it on the taxpayers to pay that off? But here's what's happening is you end up with a lot of people in the profession that it's a it's a very nepotistic field. Now you have you have people who basically can afford to get an internship, you know, work for years and years and years, and not uh, make enough money to survive on their own. So they've got trust funds, or they have parents that help them out, that sort of thing. It's a big deal, she says, for me and my family, and for other people who are staring down loans. It doesn't wipe my loans away completely. Once payments resume in 2023 with the new 5% income cap on undergrad loans, I owe around $290 a month for a little more than five years to pay off the rest of it. So she'll pay it off in five years. That's pretty good, by the way. 
pretty good. It that it, that's quicker than it took for me to pay off a loan that I paid off myself, but I it took me longer to pay off a smaller loan. Do I think that it's unfair that you're getting a better loan deal than I am? Not necessarily. Everybody's different. Your expenses are different. I don't know what your household budget is. She said, uh, before the loan, uh, before Biden's uh, uh, buyout or bailout, I should say, the, the vote buying scheme, um, she would have owed 312 a month, and now it's down to 290 So it's going to save her, what, uh, $22 a month. And by the way, uh, she also factors in the interest, uh, which funds the government, by the way. You know that, right? Like, you got to pay more on the front end because of all the interest payments, but that's actually, that's what funds the government programs is all the interest. And so you're getting to, you're getting to offload that as well. So you're kind of screwing over everybody that's coming after as well. But I digress. She says the $10,000 now can help me with a down payment on a house. It can help me pay off my car. It's the start of grad school. It's a wedding. It's opportunity. And yes, I agree with Ms. Pequeno. Being debt-free is freedom. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why I highly recommend it. Highly recommend you doing what I did and what Dave Ramsey preaches, right? Get yourself debt-free. You don't owe people anything, and that is freedom. You're now working for yourself. This was the, um, this was the piece that she wrote that got her in so much trouble. And you read the comment section, and I know you never read the comment section, but you read the comment section uh, at the uh, McClatchy websites, and people are just brutal. They're just brutal. She uh, One said, uh, this little socialist obviously passed victimhood 101 with flying colors. She should be asking for her money back from UNC for not teaching her values of accountability and responsibility instead of grifting others. Okay? I am often perplexed but not surprised by the inability to learn the lessons when presented the opportunity to do so. Another example. But that's why she wrote the other piece. Stop it with the comparison. You guys went to school and school was cheaper. You could just work one summer and pay it off. Yeah, and you can work a part-time job for, you know, a year and pay yours off. 